listeners to the debut episode of the Journal of Christian Cinema for real this time. We tried to do this last week or two weeks ago, but it was a disaster. We spoke. We got for- too fucked up. <laughs> we got too fucked up, and we talked for four hours about God's Not Dead. So, so we will be referencing God's Not Dead, even though we haven't talked about it. Right, we're going to be talking about that probably a lot, but we'll. <laughs> it'll be it'll be kind of on the periphery of this discussion, uh, and in the future we might release kind of like a director's cut of the God's Not Dead hidden episode unreleased yeah um Mm -hmm. so i'm joseph i'm here with alistair (laughs) no that's good we can cut anything out right yeah that's my name (laughs) and then there's uh ryan 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 yes so actually just another small bit of show trivia last episode we were going to meet and Alistair got into a car accident so that was postponed and this time we were going to meet and Ryan got COVID yeah so, unconfirmed but you know yeah unconfirmed so he's going out no mask until there is yeah. a confirmation just kind of you can't we've heard you can't get in trouble if you don't know I don't know if that's true or not. Well, if nobody yeah. else knows, you can't get in trouble. Right. Yeah, actually, just coughing in the mic real quick. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll be hearing it throughout. I'll let the doctors in the audience decide. <laughs> just want to... Yeah. Uh, I also... I got into a car accident, and I ended up at a church, by the way. Which I thought was right. an interesting part about that. Uh, and ended up drinking wine with the rest of the congregation. This is about 8.30 at night. They were there blessing and sanctifying their wine. They were actually very nice people, but I just, I thought it was a scary omen that the Lord was telling me something. Did it make you any more, did it make you more curious about the Christian faith vis-a-vis your own soul? (laughs) I'm not really sure what it made me think about. I actually just wanted a little bit more wine, to be honest. I'm a little stingy with it. Just saying. Well, you know, into the blood of Christ. Yeah, you can't just be passing that shit around. He's only got so much. (laughs) The movie under discussion tonight is A Matter of Faith by Dave and Rich Cristiano. Um, just a quick log line. Sorry, before we even do any of that, should we explain what our, we explained what our goal was in the last show, but our last show didn't make the cut. So should we re-explain what it is we're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't need context for this. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, so the, the goal, the goal of this podcast is... It can hardly be called a goal, I guess. We're going to watch 25 Christian movies. It was 26, but like we said, the first the first podcast was a disaster. So it's going to be 25 Christian movies over the course of a year. Uh, and we're going to talk about them. I think that we each come from kind of different spiritual backgrounds. I'm, I 
kind of self-identify probably more as a Christian than Alistair or Ryan. I think Ryan, I don't want to characterize your beliefs or anything, but he's... You can, that's fine. He kind of thinks we're just meat, you know, just one of those corn dog type dudes going around in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I think Alistair, you're the swing vote between us, I would say. Is that fair? Uh, probably not, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, would you say that you're more yeah. corn dog? I mean, I'm not a corn dog. I'm just not a fucking corn dog, dude. Uh, but uh, as far as leaning towards Christianity, no, I don't think so. But you would say you're spiritual. Out- yeah, yeah, you could say that. I definitely, yeah. There's something out there, but. I find the popular American Christian uh, way of going about things to often be invasive and adversarial. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. So I, I'll revise. I'll revise and say, out of the three of us, we got one corn dogger, <laughs> and we got two, two. Uh, Eternal beings. <laughs> there you go. Uh, like that. Well, technically, we Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I was really on the fence about even doing this project, but the fact that our first podcast was three and a half hours, and now I have COVID, <laughs> and I'm still doing it. <laughs> I feel like something sort of changed, right? Like I'm, I guess I'm way into it after all. Yeah, Ryan's a warrior. He he like <laughs> went on a Twitter rampage like after we had our first episode, like <laughs> writing tweets, and he's become a trooper for the podcast. So God's telling you you can't escape. Uh, I did relive the fear though. As soon as you said twenty five movies, and then you said the word a year, or the two words. Uh, yeah, that's a long time. That's a lot of Christian movies to watch. Well, there's the fear. It's more time to spend with your friends. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like Jesus. Because <laughs> we're not allowed to watch the movies together. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is one of the rules. <laughs> so spend to time with my friends <laughs> watching these movies by myself. <laughs> so, tonight's movie. A Matter of Faith by Dave and Rich Cristiano. We're each going to go around and give our own one-sentence summation of the plot. Uh, Let's start with you, Alistair. Christian dad publicly executes professor in the end. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, All right. And you, Ryan? Um, I've got... Christian daughter goes to college only to have overbearing father's obsession with her biology 101 professor completely hijack the movie. All right. And I have got dad very upset the daughter who is biology major learning about evolution. Uh, Ryan pointed this out earlier before we'd started recording, but Alistair and I, I guess, conceive of the movie's protagonist as being the dad character, while Ryan conceives of the protagonist as being the daughter so that might give you a kind of sense of how much like a russian novel this movie is there's so many Mm -hmm. characters to put in 
in the first position. Yeah. Uh, I likened it to Mirakami, actually. I saw that note. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I thought you just said that because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, there's a bit of everything kind of all woven in there. I don't understand what they're saying. Uh, this movie doesn't make sense. It's just like a Murakami novel. It's just like a Murakami novel. Uh, I heard he actually wrote the screenplay. Yeah, he did. And then, and then Dave Cristiano got cred? Yeah, they filmed... Well, that's... Dave and Rich Cristiano is Murakami's pen name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they put it into Google Translate, and that's how this movie came out. Right. When you put Hiroki Murakami's name into Google Translate, Dave and Rich Cristiano comes out. Two people yeah. come out. Interesting. Yeah, you can check us on that, too. It's crazy. I think... Do it right now. Alistair, you know a little Japanese. Isn't Haruki Murakami just Japanese for Dave and Rich Cristiano? Yeah, it's like an anagram in Japanese, actually. So That's incredible. Um, it's not even hidden. It's just... It's right there. And, Ryan, you pointed out something about the way this was shot. Would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, well, right away, I think... It's really interesting, right? Because we watched a pure flicks film with a $2 million budget before this. And I don't know what the budget is for this movie. That's a good question. But the the movie opens and it has sort of the color palette of like a dentist's office painting. It's just sort <laughs> of blue and gray and like you're wondering, oh, I wonder, you know, is this a choice or did they... Did they just not have like a great camera? Um, right, or is this is this just the way the world looks? Is this the eye? Is this the world through the eyes of a Christian? Just sort of gray Ooh. and cold, you know? Yeah, right, right. Can't be tempted. But what's interesting in the intro is you're sort of. I think we're introduced to Dave and what's the brother's name? Rich Cristiano. Their style of filmmaking, which is. Um, similar to maybe Birdman or The Revenant or, you know, 1917. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One take, very long, drawn out um, sort of action scenes, I would say. So in the first, the very first opening of this movie, the very first three shots are actually the same three shots, just one after the other, in which the characters enter frame and walk from right to left and then exit frame. So that happens three consecutive times. And it's as if the director filmed it, then moved the camera 50 feet to the left and had them walk through again, and then moved the camera 50 feet to the left again and had them walk through again. Mm, mm-hmm. And so that's how the movie begins. And it's like, it's pretty bold. I think it's a pretty bold opening because it's really boring. And to start your movie off on such a boring note is a really interesting option. (laughs) It's so not interesting that it's almost interesting. It it makes you think, like, why would they do this? It's like it gets your it gets your mind spinning, I think, right away. It's like, wow, this is going to be this is going to be a fucking crazy movie, because why would you ever do this? Right. I I think it's like the horseshoe theory of things right where it's so like alistair saying it's so not interesting 
that it's like actually in really close proximity to being interesting because <laughs> it's on the opposite end of the horseshoe, you know? Right. And the one I would just want to maybe say one thing about the Cristiano shooting style, the 1917 style is what I find really interesting about it is that they do this, these three consecutive shots cuts at the start of the movie. So it does feel like one take like 1917, but with none of the grace because (laughs) they're still cutting (laughs) like they're still, they're tracking one movement for like an obscenely long amount of time. Yeah. But the way they're doing it is by like Ryan said, just setting a camera somewhere and letting someone walk in and out of frame and then mm-hmm. cutting and setting it elsewhere. But I think this is, it really sets the tone for the rest of the movie because as we'll see later on, I mean, there's there's some scenes where you're just following one character for 20 straight seconds before they even do anything. Right. And it makes you think like, you know, why? I think that's a good question. Do you have anything you'd like to add on the intro, Alistair? No, not really. I... <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much. I feel like we have actually done what the filmmakers have done to the movie and talked about it in such length and detail that <laughs> we've almost incepted ourselves. <laughs> right it's maybe a little maybe we're giving them too much credit to compare them to Cormac McCarthy (laughs) he swallowed the horseshoe yeah yeah and then we jump it like smash cuts to a party Uh, I guess it's 10 years in the future and the father Stephen Whitaker from the previous flashback is giving a speech for his daughter who's going away to college. She's going to the university. Of course. Mm-hmm. Which is the <laughs> only thing that they call the college, the university, in the whole movie. They never give it a name. They just call it the university. Uh, just a side note. It's actually eight years because my top note is eight years and eight Botoxes later for dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jay Pickett's... That's how I remembered. This looks exactly the same. Really hard over his bones on his head. His head I mean, bones. R.I.P., you know, not yeah, R- to speak ill, but... Well, it's, it could be a compliment. Yeah, it's, it's a compliment. I mean, he's, he's a hunk. Got... He, he looks good in the movie. He looks good. He's hunky, but his skull looks like a tanning rack. <laughs> 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 like that shit is stressed on there man yeah so we meet his daughter Rachel very briefly and then I think she just shows up at school so they throw this going away party they don't help move her into college she just goes like, there All right, pack up your shit <laughs> drive yourself so she goes on her own and she just shows up at school and now we're in school we're at the university do you guys have Anything to say about Professor Kamen's introduction? Well, he comes across as 
just sort of a normal dude. He's I know he's supposed to be. Well, he seems like he's supposed to be the antagonist of the film, and he just sort of tosses out some dad jokes and the class eats it up and that's it. The scene's over. And, uh, you know, kind of a strange way to introduce the bad guy, so to speak. He comes across quite lovely. Just likable guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Regular old, yeah, dad joking left and right, which is funny because later on, I feel like most people are like, Oh my God, principal or not principal <laughs> professor Cayman's just a, a riot yeah. he's just a laugh oh the funny on this guy yeah people are uh, really smitten by him they love him yeah they fucking so and yeah. and and I mean, sort of to to alistair alistair's point um he gives everybody is this the scene where he gives everybody get out of jail free card where yeah, he says yeah. all you have yeah, to do one. all you have to do is show up and you'll get a c that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, what's, why? Why is that a trope? Like, you know, for again, you guys didn't hear this last time, but in God's Not Dead, Kevin Sorbo offers a similar get out of jail free card to his class. They just have to write a signed admission that God is dead. Uh, easy, easy, e- a. yeah, easy a. Um, and everybody sells out God like in two seconds, but yeah, why is, it seems kind of like a strange trope to be in Christian movies that there's, that these liberal thinkers or whatever they are, aren't like rigorous in any way. Well, it's two I, for two at least uh, to me, I find it for interesting us. because they, Christians believe that, you know, us meat stickers are (laughs) so kind of weak that on our deathbed we'll convert to Christianity. Right. So like we, we also get to get out of free, get out of jail free card at the end of our life. If we're, if we're so, if we're in the presence of a Christian man to give us the opportunity. um, That's the best deal. You get to have all the fun, and then you get to just slide into home base right at the end. <laughs> so I find it interesting that, it. that there's like a get-out-of-jail-free card for this liberal class, but then the liberals are also given a given a get-out-of-free-whatever-the-fuck card right? if they want it as well. Like everybody you can just think- kind of skate by, which yeah. is interesting. I don't think you can handle Professor Kamen's class. Hmm? Get out of here. <laughs> Biology 101. Biology 101. The most mentally rigorous class there is. Get out of here. You can't handle it. <laughs> uh, this movie came in a budget, by the way. I just, this just in. Uh, it's just a, a buck over half a mil. So yeah. take, drink that in. I wonder what Jay Pickett's cut of that was. Probably three quarters. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and Jay Pickett's also the only character in the movie that has a normally proportioned body. And I've wondered (laughs) if the costuming, we'll get to that in a minute, but I wonder if the costuming for everyone else was based around that. Like if that was in Jay Pickett's contract. That only he could wear well-fitting clothes. That, uh, yeah, only he could look human. Yeah. 
Well, that could really be the only explanation for what went on on set there. <laughs> that, that or they just sense. didn't have a costumer and people just had to bring their own shit. Which for half a mil. Bring your happened. own big floppy clothes. <laughs> Don't forget. Extra floppy. <laughs> I made them extra floppy for you. They all look like their clothes are wet, right? They're all just like, their shirts are like down to their knees and their legs are looking real tiny. It's just a very bizarre. Yeah, the tiny legs. I mean, nobody said that this was filmed on Earth, you know? I'm just pointing that out. Oh, wow. This could be an alternate timeline. I mean... Anything's possible. <laughs> you know, I do oh, think God. I think I saw like a German double eagle in the atrium of the college. Whoa. Maybe this is a timeline where the Nazis one, one. Whoa! In which well, like the man in the high castle. Yeah. Which would make more sense because that keeps. I think that's much more in keeping with Haruki Murakami's other work. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they allowed Christianity to to stay in the United States because it had such a stronghold. Yeah, it disarmed the, the population with how stupid See, it made them. Allow you to have religion. <laughs> but you must wear the floppiest clothes. <laughs> you can think we came the chicken came first, but only if you wear the floppy shirts. <laughs> uh, what great Austrian accents. Right. So Jason is a is a a student at this fictional college who starts making moves on Rachel. Um I guess Ryan you'd call this a B plot. This whole like sex conspiracy these guys have going for the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. This sexual conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say this is sort of well, it's, it gets muddy, right? Because, you know, as we already said, we're not sure yet who the main character is. So, yes. whether this is the A, B, or C story is sort of up for debate, but it's a story inside of the larger story. Mhm. And yeah, basically, it's a story in a story. Yeah, I mean, of the greatest story, yeah, ever told. Right, and so inside of this story, Rachel, of course, is hit on immediately upon arriving at school at this party, and this guy sort of takes her outside and checks in to see if she's cool or not. She's pretty cool. She stays she's up. Cool. She stays up pretty late with him. Jason's so, loving it. Yeah, she stays up so late, in fact, that her roommate has to recharge her in the morning with a glass of orange juice at nine thirty. Yeah, because she Which just is went. The only she went so hard. Responsible thing she's done is right. sleep in till nine thirty. Have a crazy night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what happened with you and Jason? Yeah. Which is funny because her roommate's like pushing her the whole time into these uncomfortable situations. And then she like rails on her for sleeping until 930. It's like, excuse me, this is your fucking plan. Yeah, I. Her friends, the whole social circle she develops at the college is. It's like the student body is made up of people from the circus. Because like. (laughs) Her roommate is crazy. 
Jason looks like he'd be the kind of dude to like shake off a rejection by going home and sucking his own dick. <laughs> like he's just got like a total freak vibe and like he's got the ability to pull to back it up. He will suck his own dick. <laughs> If he, has to. <laughs> if he has to and he says that in the door room late at night he's like don't make me do this <laughs> and, and no one ever to no one to no one <laughs> well to his roommate who's trapped in the room with him <laughs> and then he does it and don't then... make me do this why <laughs> and Tyler his roommate just watches <laughs> And then, uh, that right. explains the the egg joke. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Okay. It actually fills in a lot of gaps. To be honest, it does. The whole I felt uncomfortable just like looking at him, and maybe that's a testament to the writing because he just literally he does come off as really creepy. No, I think it's a testament to the facial hair, which is like sort of uh, pubish and scraggly. <laughs> And, all over the place and it's on it's on almost every male character in the movie just like really poor facial hair again it makes me think like was there hair and makeup involved in this movie because somebody should have sort of like taken care of some of these poor guys who are like just coming through puberty it seems like half a million budget i mean they're just sticking on what they have like all right you're about to go on okay here you go like whatever they had left yeah i mean it's sort of like Uh, the bring your own floppy clothes it was sort of just like bring your own yeah whatever facial hair you're currently rocking is just totally fine just be that well i mean are you saying alistair are you saying are you saying that they they came clean shaven and then the crew glued this horrible facial hair to them that's how I'm, I'm imagining they're like paratroopers lined up, ready to jump, and the one person that they had hired, they're like, "All right, here we go. We only got a few pubes left. One for you. One for you. Oh, I missed that one anyway. Keep going." And you know that's all they had time for. Um, so, like within this movie, there's actually like a psychosexual horror movie starring Jason as the antagonist. Right. Also, the Jason from the Jason movie franchises. Right. Who, who he is. This is his origin. <laughs> this is his origin story. It's this. It's, it's this boring girl that he's interested in and then not interested in that sort of sets him off on his string of murders. Right. You don't uh, see it at the end of this movie, but all the kids at the college drowned him in a lake. Yeah. And. <laughs> In a matter of faith, too, he comes out wearing the the seminal Jason Voorhees mask. Right. Mm-hmm. Then he just uh, immediately sucks his own <laughs> It's the mask, but there's a perfect little hole in the mouth area. Right. He's got a bigger hole. Yeah, it's a ski mask with a bigger hole in the mouth area. <laughs> Real quick, let's talk about the, the newsroom scene where... There's these two guys that look like Pennsylvania Dutch time travelers. <laughs> like, they've got the most insane Quaker beards and bold Haircuts, cuts. dude. The haircuts, haircuts are yeah. fucking wild, man. Yeah. 
And they're student journalists at the newspaper. Um, yeah, I mean, the one guy, we see him for probably two whole minutes, and his whole thing is whining, and then he never comes back. <laughs> He's just gone forever. Right. They banished him. Not true. He actually, it's not true. He actually plays a major role because, so his... Does he? Yeah, so his teacher dumps a whole pile of newspapers on his desk and is like, you need need to upload these to the internet. And he's like, that's gonna, that's that's gonna take me all semester, chief. And then the guy's like, he says whatever his line is. And he's like, that's gonna take me all year, chief. And then it goes on and on. But anyway, so this guy goes through all of the newspapers and because he goes through the newspapers, he finds some fucking dirt on Professor Cayman. Oh, I didn't. I never That's even right. put that together. Yeah, so he's like, yeah. he's crucial. He's a crucial part of the story. Yeah. I okay. thought he just found that in his goblin hole <laughs> and just came back out at a certain point. And shared it with the other guy. This is what Alistair was talking about. These two guys is what Alistair are who Alistair was talking about when he talked about the inexplicable facial hair in this movie. It's yeah, it's pasted on just different. It's actually yeah, like they they have the opposite. Like they're the yin and yang to them their facial hair. Like they would meet and maybe I don't know. Wow. They would just kiss. <laughs> and it would come together perfectly. It would be one full beard. Yeah, it's congruent. And maybe that's another sexual underlying thing. I don't know. Who knows? Wow. I never really explored that. <clears throat> but They are kind of like, now that I'm looking at them, they are kind of like yin to each other's yang. Yeah, because one's heavy on top. Tiny on bottom. Scruff scruff tiny on bottom and then yeah big chin strap for the other guy i couldn't get past like i feel like it's a petty thing to focus on but when your script says so little elsewhere it's like what else do i have to look at yeah ryan was saying there's nothing really going on in the background it's like a regular college campus they just shot this in Yeah, you have nothing else to consider in these scenes. And, I mean, also, it's not just that there's nothing else to consider. It's that these guys' appearance is so jarring (laughs) that you can't help but, like, fucking think about it. They could be bad guys in The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, it's like an insane... Like, they're the people that run the gas station in The Hills Have Eyes that feed the people to the other mutants. Right. Because, like, they they could conceivably be good-looking men, I think. Well, the one guy's a total hunk. Yeah, but, like, the way they styled them in this movie is just inexplicable. Like, they're wearing these, like, floppy tops (laughs) with really... floppies. Yeah. It's like floppy tops with really tight pants and... Like, really small pants. Like, really short pants that, like... Make their legs look small. Like I, I can't. I've never seen such a thing. <laughs> All right, so we've met the trolls. Rachel comes home. It's her first weekend from college. 
a weekend home from college. She's hanging out with mom and dad. Her dad asks her, Jay Pickett asks her, have you found a church? She says, no, but I'm going to. They're rushing off to their church and he grabs her Bible and it falls open. And he finds a, yeah. he finds a $50 bill in there uh, that he had given her when she left for college. So this is a sign that things are amiss. Um, she's been gone for like a week. Right. She's, she hasn't read her Bible in a week. And Fucking hell. It's probably because she's going to those college cum parties. Yep. Where everybody's sucking their own dicks. Yep. Just, just Jason. Just Jason. He's rolling around like a tire on the ground, on the floor. Just going from room to room. <laughs> Don't make me do it. <laughs> just he's like muffled going Jason get out of here stop <laughs> right it's like uh, it's Tyler's personal hell uh and it like really <laughs> it really bothers the dad so when Rachel leaves and this is what I brought up earlier at the prompting of the nameless mom character who says Rachel really seems to like the Professor Kamen. Mm. He yeah. goes and Googles Professor Kamen. It's the only meaningful line the mom has in the whole movie. And, you know, she's just kind of moving the pieces on the board. He Googles Professor Kamen, and he's absolutely astonished to find out that this biology professor at a public university is teaching evolution. He pocketed that 50, by the way. I'm sorry. He did. He just puts it straight back in his pocket. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Well, she didn't deserve it. She didn't find a church, so what does she need $50 for? If she had taken that $50, she would have put it right in the basket at church, but she didn't find a church, so. Yeah, Yeah. because she was too busy staying up till 1130. Drinking orange juice. Giving dudes egg bukkakis in the cafeteria mm-hmm. disgusting i mean makes me papa sick. knew papa knew something wasn't right makes me sick <laughs> this is like the actual this is what the movie is all about is this dad's discontent at his at finding out his daughter's learning evolution so i would uh, actually say i would actually say that this is where the movie completely changes to something else the first mm. the first part of the movie is so yeah the first part of the movie is about Rachel i would say the first almost the first act is about Rachel like going off to college and making friends and having some self discoveries and then very abruptly the movie becomes about her dad's obsession with Cayman oh fucking obsessed dude so obsessed that he is going to drive 6 hours round trip <laughs> to go confront this man on a Wednesday afternoon, um, which really sets off the fireworks in the film, I would say. And Under the guise that he's taking his daughter out to dinner, he's like, oh, what if we got dinner tonight? Oh, totally. What if I just drove up there? I mean, he Trojan horsed awesome. his whole family. He Trojan horsed his whole family <laughs> because it was not about dinner. 
<laughs> like, okay, Dad, that's cool. And then he doesn't even show up to her dorm room. So he snuck into the professor's yeah. office. Only, like, the, only all, the nameless like, mom shows up to the dorm and is like, where's Dad? And then he's like kicking down the door. Like he fucked off. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Professor Kate. I can't even remember, but is he like comically reading a newspaper that's held up way too high and just like peers over it like could i help you <laughs> i don't know i mean it could be that that feels right to me that feels right it does yeah i think that's what happened let's see that's canon alistair you and ryan both notice the same thing which is the is jay pickett's job do you want to talk about that just for a second <sighs> is his job because this is well, this happens when he's learning about Professor Kamen, right? Yeah, I started getting curious because he, as I said, the movie turns abruptly now and it becomes his story. And right. he's, his obsession is is building. Um, and I'm thinking, he lives in a nice house. He wears nice tight clothes. He gets his skin tightened daily. Stretched. Mm-hmm. How is he affording this lifestyle? And right. how does he have the time to dedicate this maniac sort of behavior? Send a daughter off to college. Send a daughter to the well, university of all places. We all know that's an expensive e- place to go. University. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I was curious. And then, yeah, there is a particular scene and Alistair, you might've gotten a better look than Nate, but there's, there's a scene where he's, I guess he's at work. I can't really tell, but you see his computer screen and on his screen, there's a Word document with three sentences on it. And then <laughs> another, I think it was a Word document with just sort of binary ones and zeros, matrix style, down the entire page. That's what I was, I mean, you want to talk about matrix style, this guy's got the two monitor set up because he needs it. He's sending people, he's Morpheus, you know. He's got to, like, take care of everybody. He's sending crazy messages. He's got a mate drinking gourd on his desk. Like, oh, shit, I really? Think it's a, yeah, that's very prominent. It's almost pepper, pepper mill, pepper shaker. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that doing there? I thought it was going to play into it, and that was a note that I... It, didn't actually end up playing out but that he was like some missionary like he's like oh i got crazy i went to south america once and i got this mate drinking gourd you know, like <laughs> it never happened but yeah his job i mean well it alludes punches- i like that it sort of alludes to his background which we never find out but yeah i, I like the like idea missionary. yeah i like that idea that he that's what i think he went somewhere and like cracked some cracked some skulls potentially as a missionary well maybe oh yeah Maybe he's they got converted. like a little yeah. post-traumatic stress. I mean, maybe he went to one of these islands you're not supposed to go to. Right. And that would explain kind of his behavior now. Like an island inhabited only by monkeys. Right. <laughs> he went to, con- he went to convert kind of like him. the monkeys on Monkey Island. <laughs> and everyone said, it's not a good idea. They don't speak don't. human language, Jay. But his face was so tight. He couldn't hear it. He couldn't, he couldn't hear the warnings. 
I don't know. I mean, it's like throwing it out there. It's a possibility. I mean, literally anything's possible because we know nothing about him. We know nothing. Except he's got a drinking gourd and he writes long documents in binary. Yeah, he, yeah. he writes long form binary. Oh, yeah. So maybe he didn't. And claimed. He said that he cornered him. He said, Professor Kamen, Batman cornered me. And Kamen's Which I thought was a office? great observation on your part, Alistair, because he totally does misrepresent <laughs> what happened. Like he he makes it sound uh, like yeah, Kamen like yeah, mugged him in an alley <laughs> and was like, "You gotta fight me about evolution." Like he walked into his office, you creep. Yeah, he's the one. He's the antagonist. Yeah, with your skin pulled back like that, I've been terrified. <laughs> you know, it's like. Beetlejuice, you know. Yeah. Do you see a, a chicken breast stretched over a driving mannequin <laughs> wandering your office? You'd be scared too. Just immediately challenge him to a debate. <laughs> and and so now the movie is about the movie is about this debate between Professor Kamen and Papa and the story of Rachel has just got basically yep. gone away. See ya. And at this point in the movie, at this point in the movie, basically nothing happens until the end. Right. This, right. this is where the movie completely falls apart and becomes a non-event for 45 minutes. Part that we try to build up to, and it's the fucking worst part All right. of the whole Yeah, film. let's just skip straight to the end. Basically nothing happens. Nothing just happens. Just the nut. It just, it all, it's fucking nothing happens. And the end, let's do this in under five. We can do it in under five. Yep. Yeah. There's a debate. And actually, somewhat surprisingly, Professor Kamen fucking beats Jay Pickett's ass. Badly. 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 Like, it's an it's embarrassing. upset. Donks right. Him. And the audience laughs at every stupid joke that anyone makes, which is I thought was actually fun. Except, well, yeah. It's a great audience. Lively. Jameson tries to rile him up in the beginning, and they don't laugh at him. No, that's true. And they don't laugh at Portland until he says, what does he say? The Baptist. The Baptist. Baptist. And everyone's like, oh, fucking Baptist. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're like that. That made, me, crazy. that made me laugh. His line reading there was so weird. Yeah. It was like a computer text to speech. Yeah, I just read, but... I straight up just didn't get the joke at all. And so the like the eruption of laughter sort of caught me off guard. And uh mm. I was interested in looking up some something, some kind of like context for this joke, but I at this point in the movie I was just so bored I decided not to. Yeah, because it's at the end of this is at the end. Who we know we haven't really explained who even this character is, which is amazing. There's this yeah, there's this guy <laughs> there's this guy who sort of swoops in and debates Cayman for Papa Christian, whose backstory is sort of never really developed, and he that's sort of the trog paper, right? We realize right. that's what the paper is right. It's the professor that got pushed out. Right, he got pushed out because he was teaching. Uh, Christian science basically in a public university and Cayman came in and was like hey man like we're accredited we can't be doing that shit which 
You know, I had I asked my wife this. How the fuck do you teach Christian biology? Like, what does that look like? Teach biology without teaching biology evolution. Well, yeah. I mean, how do you like? How do you teach like in a biology class? Like, how would you teach the creation story? I mean, you just teach the creation story. That's it, and you, you call that biology. You want, like, be looking like at cells and shit. That just seems more like talking than science. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like an attempt to cover up all of the, you know, the loose, the loose tie up all the the loose ends or cover up all the the fucking missteps of Christianity and all their teachings, basically. Like, mm. like you yeah. you need somebody to come in and like sweep all the dust under the rug and be like, actually, none of this shit exists, and then you graduate to the next grade of biology 102 102 yeah god's not dead god's not dead (laughs) biology 102 uh yeah i mean is there anything else that's really important i mean that guy comes in out of nowhere right gives a speech for like 20 goddamn minutes yeah it's stupid Uh, drops absolutely no factual information and in fact he says I'm paraphrasing, but he says we could have a debate, but we won't. Yeah, I mean, we're at a debate where we could have a debate, but we're not going to. We could talk about the facts. I could, he's like, I could crush you know whatever. It's like, yeah, I could crush you all day, but I won't. But I'm not gonna. I mean, that's that that Christian humility. (laughs) It's not right. I could crush you. I could fucking destroy you here, dog. That wouldn't be Christian. I'll fucking kill you in front of all these people. You know, he does he does apologize to Cayman. He does. I thought that was an interesting touch. Off mic, too. It's a private conversation. It's a private apology. Between two I was like, you know colleagues. This is a moment I feel like of real of real Christian uh, value like if Christians yeah. were to actually act the way that they say they're supposed to act oh yeah I mean, right. this, this guy actually apologizes to Professor Kamen just for being a dick to him and I don't even think that he's that Professor Kamen is aware that he's been a dick that's kind of the weird thing about this character yeah he seems shocked <laughs> he's like what, right. what? He's like, I don't even remember you he's like, I, yeah yeah he like, stands up in the crowd and he's like <laughs> What's this guy doing here? Yeah, this guy was. This guy left twelve years ago. I haven't even thought of him since. Like, yeah. you know what, Professor Cayman? I blamed you for twelve years for me sucking my own dick. <laughs> All right. I just said every night. Why are you making me do this, Professor Cayman? Professor Cayman, no. <laughs> uh. He did say that. He whispered it. He actually, yeah, he didn't yell it. He whispered it. And I think that what he apologized to Professor Kamen for was that it felt good. It's what it was. He's like, you know, not only did I do that, but I'm sorry that I liked it. Mm. I'm sorry to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I liked it. And then he walks off the stage and he's gone from the movie. And the, and the movie basically, the movie basically ends right there.
Well, on that note, thanks for listening, guys. And catch us two weeks from now for our next episode. God be with you. God is great all the time. All the time, God is great. Thank you.